for me to try to tell you all about him when he's standing here and you can just <laughs> it's easier to introduce him to you than explain him to you. <laughs> it's a lot easier just to introduce you to the Lord than you ever had somebody you loved and you wanted everybody to know them? And you and you tried to tell other people about that person. It's just a lot better to meet them and see for yourself. Hallelujah. Glory. David said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness? Tender mercies, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. They were playing that offering song, offertory. Precious Jesus. My little apple cart got upsided on that one right there. <laughs> He's here. I don't know. If I, I feel kind of dumb trying to tell you about him when he's standing here. <laughs> Just get a good look at him. Touch the hem of his garment while he's here. I don't love on him while he's here. Some of you might do you good. To, might do you good to thank him. That'd help your old cold heart. My heart gets all tore out of the frame. Yes. <laughs> do you good to thank him? Amen. He's better than anything else. There's no idol. Your gods and idols. You might ought to just trade them in, burn them. He's better than all these things. You ever get a glimpse of him? You love him. You love him more than all these. Amen. Amen. Lovest thou me more than these? Amen. Well, I, I, I got enough sense to be careful. Amen. 
Hallelujah. He's right here. You might need to you might need to run to Jesus and lay hold on that refuge. Somebody not, somebody might need to come come to Jesus this morning. You might want to just come on to Jesus. Some of you young couples, your marriage ain't gonna last if you don't get some grace of God on you. Doctor Phil and Oprah Winfrey ain't got nothing for you. They got nothing for you. Some of you young couples better come to the Lord. Some of you teenagers better get on fire. The Lord Jesus better snag your heart. Egypt's got enough out there to draw you in. I'm glad I met him before I met them. I was just a lad raised in church. I'm glad that I tasted that world <clears throat> before I had a chance to taste this world or I'd have been in trouble. Hallelujah to God. I might swing off one of your little fancy chandeliers here in just a minute. I, I've heard a lot about that. <laughs> been wanting to try it. I might could reach one of them. I don't know if it's anchored to something that'll hold it, though. But I am. I'm anchored to something holding me. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Psalm 32. That's where we'll preach. I reckon. I ain't scared. It won't bother me if the Lord takes this thing all the way over. It won't... I ain't scared. I've been around enough Baptist preachers that was scared of the Holy Ghost. And I'm scared that He won't show up. I've seen me operate without Him. That's, that's no good. <clears throat> we don't have any goodness to offer. But He does. He's full of grace and mercy. Psalm 32, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. <laughs> Which one of them chandeliers you think might be anchored to something up there? Whose sin is covered. And the man unto whom the Lord will not impute iniquity. Amen. What verse is it? Is it verse 4? Y'all have to look. We said, for I acknowledge my transgressions. My iniquities. Verse 5. Have I not hid? Then I said, I will confess. Is that in there? Y'all can be seated. That's good, ain't it? I'm just going to exhort a while. And man, it would be crazy to try anything else. Spurgeon... Called that the three-headed hound that guards the gates of hell. Transgressions, iniquities, and sins. Do you see it? Look in verse 1 of Psalm 32. There they are. That's our problem. That's what was taking me to hell. (laughs) That's why he had to go to Calvary. Transgressions, sins, and iniquities. Do you see it? Transgression. That's, that's, That's one of hell's... Triune deals there. Transgression, sin, and iniquity. The three-headed hound that guards the gates of hell. They is keeping me in, but thank God Jesus come by Calvary and chopped her head off. Hallelujah. I'm not going to try to follow an outline. I'm going to follow the inline. <laughs> Transgression, sin, and iniquity. Transgression is <clears throat> when you step over a line that you wasn't supposed to break God's <clears throat> laws and commandments, holiness, righteousness. Stepping over a line 
sin is the opposite. Sin's not being able to make it up to a mark that you should. I wish I had somebody. Them lines I ain't supposed to cross, I've crossed over. And then he'll draw a line in the sand and say, here's what's right. Here's what's good. This is righteousness. This is truth. This is wholeness. And I never can make it to that mark. I keep coming short. I wish I had somebody. And that third one is what causes me to have problems with them other two. Transgression is me going too far. And, and sin carries the idea of me not being able to go far enough. But that iniquity, that's what's messed up inside me. That's why it says, I in. I got an inequity problem. Hey, something in me broken, something in me wicked. Amen. You're not a sinner because you sinned. You, you sinned because you're a sinner. And there's my three problems. Transgression. Amen, folk. There's more than ten commandments. Some of y'all fight for the ten commandments. And everywhere I... Now, this is just me, preacher. Everywhere I see ten commandments, that's old. I wish they'd put a cross up next to it. Oh, that's the New Testament. I know a lot of... In the last few years, we've fought for the Ten Commandments here in America. Folk, America's got a lot more problems than Ten Commandments. You trying to prove a point religiously ain't really going to help nobody. Them Ten Commandments, you can hang them anywhere and be proud of it. We're still breaking all of them. Them transgressions is where I've stepped over. James said if you've ever broken any part of the law, you're guilty of the whole. And Paul said in Romans 3, there's none that doeth good. All have sinned. We're all transgressors. We went over a line we wasn't supposed to. Come out in the wound full of hypocrisy and speaking lies. Isn't that a sight? Nobody got to teach that baby to throw a temper tantrum. It's in them. Transgressions. And then sin. Coming short and missing the mark. Them lines that I'm supposed to attain unto. Strive toward. To be like. And I and, and I just can't pull it off. I can't ever I can't ever quite get there. I was in Oklahoma preaching last month in July, hundred and nine degrees there one day. They said it's a dry heat. I said it's a hundred and nine degrees. Quit trying to explain it away. <laughs> it's hot. And they put me in a state park. An old Indian chief out there named Henry Roman Nose. <laughs> Roman Nose. That was the name of the park where they put me. And and I'm not much of a golfer. I, but they wanted to take me golfing in the 18 holes in a box canyon. And the thing, all the you golfers would have loved it. And golfing in the canyon. And we got on one hole and they'd all been talking about it. Oh, couldn't wait to get the hole number 11, I think. And you stand on this side of the, the canyon and there's a great gulf between it and over there is the green. And you're supposed to hit it over, land over there. And I borrowed somebody else's nice driver and they were sweating bullets too. They'd been singing me the swing all day. <laughs> And boy, I, I hit, and it's so pretty. It done so good. And that ball went. And if the wind would have been right, <laughs> I could almost cleared that canyon. 
And I just come short. And I hit just three foot short and hit a rock. And it went on down in the bottom with 10 million other golf balls. Diamondback rattlesnakes down there. I wasn't going to go get my little. I almost made it, but I didn't. I don't care how close you get to the mark unless you can make it. And nobody's ever been able to measure up to the law. Brother Earl Hughes, that's an old mountain evangelist that not many people may know. He, he went on to glory here a couple months ago. I heard Earl Hughes, that old Blue Ridge mountain preacher, said that man for years and centuries have been trying to come up to the law standard. Moses nearly did, but he had a temper that kept him from getting there. Abraham nearly did, but he had a line problem every time he got in a bad neighborhood. That ain't my wife, that's my sister. Amen. Elijah nearly did, but he got depressed and suicidal and wanted to quit out there. He could face up to 850 false prophets, but one Jezebel. <laughs> Don't come down hard on him. You ever tangle with a Jezebel, you'll want to kill yourself too. So. Some of you married to a Jezebel. You, you claim that as your life verse. You living under a juniper tree. God help you. That's all I got to say. The lights said, there ain't no need to line just because it's Sunday morning. <laughs> no, Brother Hughes said that men tried and tried to come up there to where the law was. It was so high and so holy. He said, there never was a man that could. He said, but one day there was a man. Yeah. said, and he had to care about the Papa Happy Bubble right here. He said he had to come down to the law. He was much higher than the law. Woo! He had to come down to the law. And said he came down. And Brother Earl Hughes said he caught heaven's elevator and came down to the law. Robed himself in flesh and stepped out there and embraced the law. And the law said, you're so beautiful. You're so excellent. You're the chiefest of ten thousand, the fairest of ten thousands. Never seen one like you. You're all pleasing and all glorious and all holy. And he said that that glorious man, Jesus, put his arm around the law and said, Well, don't get too friendly with me. I'm here to kill you. <laughs> Woo! I'm glad for Galatians 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Whereby we cry, Abba, I'm able to cry like a baby today, and God, my Father, pick me up and carry me. Because when I miss that mark, brother, old brother Squire wrote it years ago, the gulf that separated me from Christ my Lord. It was so vast, the gulf, I could never for From where he was to, to his, from where I was to his demand, it seemed so far. And then I cried, Oh Lord, I cannot come to where you are. I may have to go ahead and sing it. I ain't no squire, but when I get in the shire, <laughs> that sing like squire. He came to me. He came to me when I could not come to where he was. He came to me. That's why He died on Calvary. When I could not come. I'm fixing to sign my own Bible, Pastor. Hallelujah! I didn't even know I was a singing preacher tonight. Where He was, He came to me. 
me. Let me tell you what it done for me. Why, there's tears and hands and worship and glory running through the soul of the saints this morning. Because He went over there and saw me. Hallelujah to God. He saw me on the other side of them transgressions. I couldn't get back. And He went over there in my sin and picked me up. And And then He saw me hitting just short. I don't think I ever got close. He saw me falling way short. And He come down in the canyon with the rattlesnakes. Hallelujah! Sit on the front row, you're subject to persecution. Hallelujah! He got down in the box canyon where I was in a pit full of snakes, honey, and He drug me out of there. I had a lot of problems with that. I done crossed some lines. He came over there and got me. I was on the other side of sin's tracks. Woo! I'd fallen short and dribbled down and trickled down into a canyon to a pit full of snakes. He went on the other side of sin's tracks and got me for no good Hallelujah! If you don't want all them consonants pronounced, don't put them in your name. Phenogalio. They don't want to be silent any longer. Hallelujah! He got down in that pit where I was. He went over there on the other side of sin's tracks where I stuck. He picked me up and he brought me out and he carried me over. But I said, what about that iniquity? What about that stuff running through the marrow of my bones that causes me to cross over lines? That never does allow me to make the mark. All that iniquity. Well, he didn't just look in there. Woo! I'm going to fire all of y'all for acting like Presbyterian Lutherans this morning. Y'all are next. If you don't say it, you're doing fine. Amen. Hallelujah. She's on this side, so the the y'all are safe. You got in on her coattails by the grace of God. Thank God I got news for you. He didn't just peek in there and send somebody in there to fix what was wrong with me. He said, boy, you such a mess, I'm going to have to move in. I'm going to have to move in and take over. <laughs> Hallelujah to God! And my old man has been placed on Calvary's term limits. Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be good if we could get some of these politicians on some term limits? Some of these judges and some of this outfit. Senators, get them on term limits. Where they'd have a deadline in the day when they got to go. Well, honey, I got you for the old man still trying to act up in me, but he's, he's operating under Calvary's term limits. There's a set deadline in the day when he will be no more. Thank God that trumpet's going to blow. Whether I go by the grave or go by the sound of the trumpet, honey, there's coming a soon day I'm getting out of this world. I'm getting out of this flesh body. He's going to change it in midair. It'll be made like into His glorified body. There'll be no more sin. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more Satan. There'll be no more of this society. Term limits. Now look what he done. Look what he done with that three-headed hound to hell. Look what he done. Underline it in verse 1. Look what he done with your transgression. He forgave it. Look what he done with your sin. He covered it. Look what he done to your iniquity. He gave it a spiritual amputation. He gave it an imputation. If I knew which one of them chandeliers was anchored in, I'd be on it. Amen. I'd find three pretty boys that are embarrassed at this shouting and throw them up there with me. 
get two or three crazy shouting hillbilly rednecks and put them up there with them. If you ever seen what he'd done for you on Calvary, you'd thank him. You'd thank him. Let's talk about them three whose transgression is forgiven. Brother Lawson, I went and done me some word study. Dug down deep as I could in my library. See what that forgiven me. And it means this. To send away. I would tell you the name and pronouncement of the Greek word, but I'm afraid I might sound like one of these modern day liberals, so I ain't even going to say it. The Hebrew word, to send away. Thank you, Jesus. He went over there on the other side and got everything that I'd messed up by crossing over. He gathered it all up and he sent it away. Ooh, wee! You better turn to Leviticus. Go ahead, Leviticus 16. I found this three-headed hound to hell in another verse, all in one verse. What about that? I found it, Brother Lawson. I've been chewing on that Psalm 32 about two months. And I found sin, iniquity, and transgression. All that old three-headed hound. That three-headed hell hound. I found it in another verse. Leviticus 16. Are y'all there? Verse 21. Now, if you're allergic to happy bubbles, this might be a good time to run out and check your smartphone for all the latest updates. Because there's some happy bubbles in here. Look what he done to this three-headed hell hound. Leviticus 16.21. It's a... Great Day of Atonement. It was one of them Old Testament pictures of Calvary. Aren't you glad Jesus died at Calvary? Watch this. I'm reading the King James even though they say it's it's impossible to read and understand because the Old English is beyond us. (laughs) Going to read it anyway. Leviticus 16.21 And Aaron, that that priest, aren't you all glad we got a high priest, shall lay both his hands There's something about both them hands. Mm. Jesus took both hands. They put nails in both of His hands. Upon the head of the live goat and confess over Him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions in all their sins. Well, what about that? Thank you, Jesus. I'm from the little poor town of Tunnel Hill, and I was able to read that King's English. Did y'all see our three-headed hound in there? Sins, iniquities, transgressions. And did you notice that other little thing? A-L-L. Ooh-wee. I mean, some of you got Presbyterian, New England, Dutch, Roman, Catholic, Methodist grandparents, and you still getting a happy bubble sitting there. Underline that all. All the iniquities, all their transgressions, and all their sins, putting them upon the head. Uh, Seem like I read in Ephesians, there's a head to the church. Christ is our head. I wish I had somebody. Christ is our head upon the head of the goat and shall, what? Send him away. You take that word forgive. It actually means to give forward. Send him away. Give forward. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I like that little word all. 
what Isaiah 53 verse 6, I think. All we like sheep have gone astray. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. That verse begins with all and ends with all. And there was an old boy confused about getting saved one night. And he come to D.L. Moody. And couldn't figure out if the Lord died for him and could he get in and, it, and all this business. And Brother Moody took him to that verse and said, If you'll come in at the first all and come out at the last all, you'll be in. I'm glad for us all he took all of our sins and transgressions put him on the head of that goat and sent him away by the hand of a fit man into a land not inhabited. Forgiven. Sent away. (laughs) Somebody said, I know Jesus forgave all my sins when I got saved, but what about all the sins I committed after that? What about my future sins? I got news for you. All your sins were future when He took them at Calvary. But he sent that scapegoat forward. <laughs> Hallelujah to God. And he came on out there to where me and you was and got all of our sins, iniquities, and transgressions and carried them back to Calvary. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And in a land not inhabited, he died for me. He died as me. Hallelujah. Brother Lawson, some of them Jewish rabbis, you know how they carry traditions through the centuries. And oftentimes it's, it, the traditions turn into bad things, but they came from something that actually happened in the beginnings of the Jewish history. And the rabbis have a tradition about that scapegoat. On the day of Great Day of Atonement, they said this is what they did in those days. Said the the high priest and all the people would be sitting there and that one lamb slain with the, the, the sacrificial lamb slain and the blood dripping and running off the altar and then that scapegoat would take away that sin. And said they had men posted in the hills and they had big red banners, big red pieces of cloth. And that fit man would take that goat that all the sins have been placed upon him and he's carrying them away. And the first watcher would see him go and then he'd keep going and up in a little Judean hill. The other watcher would be and they'd go on down and there'd be another watchman up on a high place until finally that last one and that fit man would disappear in the horizon out in that desert and that wilderness. And that last watcher would be peering down through there and looking. And after a while, that fit man would be returning. He'd be coming back. And if he didn't have the goat with him, the goat was gone. He'd wave that red banner. I'm going to fire everybody in the last half of the section because she's got it this safe. They got grandmothered in, but y'all are in trouble if you keep acting like... New England Dutch Presbyterians. They'd wave that banner. And the fella down here watching, he'd look and see that banner and he'd, he'd pick his up and wave it. And the other fella would see the signal and he'd wave it until finally the last watchman on the wall would be waving that. And the priest would standing above the people would see it. And he'd lift up his hands and give them the blessing. He'd say, the goat is gone. Our sins are gone. And the fit man is returning. <laughs> if I got to preach that out, I'll fire, I'm going to fire all of you except Brother Lawson and the grandma. And 2,000 years ago, our Savior, He was the lamb and the scapegoat. He was the sacrificial lamb and the scapegoat. And He died on that cross. Our lamb bleeding and dying for us. 
Not a bone was broken, but His body was broken and the blood came out. And our Lamb, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And when He died there in that three hours of darkness somehow or another, He was our scapegoat while He's a-dying. He was departing. And He's a scapegoat while He's a sacrificial lamb. And I believe in that three hours of darkness He carried our sins away into a land not inhabited. Brother, they watched for three days and three nights. Brother, on that, after that three days and three nights, thank God, here came the fit man and he was returning and our sins were gone. Brother Lawson, I like what you said. I like everything you say. He's, I'm not going to tell him this because I may get in trouble for flattering him. He might scold me. You don't want to be scolded by Brother Lawson. You can just tell. So he, don't listen, he's one of my favorite, all-time favorites. I tell, I tell people across the country about, there's this church in Knoxville. There's an old man of God, and somebody knows how to have church. I recommended it to 150 goofy preachers. All they know is their silly Bible school they graduated from. They're trying to tell people about God, and they ain't even never met Him themselves. Brother Lawson, I like what you said this morning about that ancient history. Well, 2,000 years ago, there's two preachers run out of an empty tomb. <laughs> I wished I had somebody. One old man I studied behind said, the last thing we saw coming out of the empty tomb was two preachers running. That's for all you outfit that like these dead formal preachers. Them gospel preachers run. They holler stuff like, He's alive! He ain't there no more. He's alive. He's alive. I saw him die, but I've seen him since. He's not dead. He's alive. They say stuff like that. I've been around Tennessee, Knoxville long enough to know y'all get criticized for old time Holy Ghost worship. Oh, I've heard it. And I usually say something like this. Charles Lawson is my daddy. I'll whip you if you say anything else about it. <laughs> He's not really my daddy, but I tell him stuff like that just to, you know, back him off. <laughs> they say they believe in the Holy Spirit over there. They're a little crazy over there. I say stuff like, Sister Lawson's my mama's sister. Them's fighting work. She's really not, but some people don't deserve the truth. And I like that ancient history because 2,000 years ago, two preachers run out of an empty tomb. And they started waving a red banner. And one of them old boys, one of them old boys, whew, he lived to the end of the first century. And he just flapped that thing. He just kept flapping. He said, I've handled him. <laughs> He's alive. And he even wrote the epistle of 1 John. And he kept telling him everything that he knowed. He said, I know this. It's what I know. We know. We know that we know. I know that I know that I know. He kept telling him what he knew. Waving that banner. And he's alive. My sins are gone. And them boys picked it up in the year 100, 200, 300. Them early church fathers, they're called. And they waved them banners. They're still figuring out a lot of doctrine, but they knew one thing. He was the Son of God. And He ain't in that grave no more. And that thing, honey, the government married the church in 315. Roman emperor got saved, maybe. And became, and, be, and, and made Christianity a popular thing. And y'all understand, anytime the church is not under persecution, but she's under popularity, the church never does good in prosperity. 
Most reason all y'all worried about this upcoming election, you ain't worried about righteousness. You worried about your finances. God have His way. God, God, God's gonna bring this thing all the way down so the church can rise all the way up. Amen. Voting with your pocketbook. One's a Muslim, one's a Mormon. That's comical to me. If it wasn't so sad, we'd laugh. We'd laugh. But brother, where, where, what our children are going to face, and what the church is going to face. I got news for you, honey. They, uh, well, I leave this stuff, brother Lawson. But they both of them, neither one of them know Jesus. They're falling Lucifer. I wish I had somebody right there. You better understand one thing. God ain't near as concerned about America as you think. He's got a holy nation. I'm not a pacifist. I would fight. I have, I have thought I'd fight again for this country. I've never been in the military, but I've been on my knees. I've been in a warfare more bloody. And I appreciate what the troops are doing. But there's a few men of God standing in the gap. Now, honey, that's where the real war is taking place. I don't minimize what the military has, has, has done and had to do. That's a whole other story. Honey, you better, get, you better get to understanding one thing. We're fixing to separate the men from the boys, spiritually speaking. The government married the church there in the Middle Ages. That banner. It seemed to be buried. But in that Reformation, Christopher Columbus discovered a country. A German name, Gutenberg or Wittenberg, some kind of burg, invented the printing press. And the king of Scotland, the king of England named James, then decided, providence of God, it'd be good to put, get this thing out of the ancient language and put it in the common man's language. And several things, and a priest named Martin Luther got so concerned about his sin. And he realized that the Pope couldn't save him. And keeping the ordinances couldn't save him. And crawled up on them steps and realized Romans 1, 17, the just, they live by faith. <laughs> and honey, that somebody picked up that banner. And here come the reformers. They picked it up, been laying there a while, and they said, uh, in Christ alone. And then Puritan writers picked it up in the 1600s and began to flap it. And then them revival preachers picked it up in the 1700s and began to wave it. And then them missionaries got on ships, started going overseas in the 1800s, and they began to wave it. And thank God, in the 1900s, the revival slowed down, but the harvest was still carrying on. And there's some men of God preached in power in the 20s and 30s and 40s. <laughs> and there's an old white-haired preacher standing behind that pulpit waving that thing when my daddy decided it's better not to die drunk. Maybe I might ought to get saved. There's a waving that banner. Dogwood Valley Baptist Church, Tunnel Hill, Georgia, 1966. Amen. Daddy jumped in the middle of that red banner and got washed in the blood and God asked him to pick it up shortly thereafter and he began waving it. <laughs> and I was born and raised on the front pew of an old-fashioned Holy Ghost Independent Baptist tear the shingles off your barn roof. Amen. Jump up and down the high blood pressure, hot biscuits and gravy. Baptist church. No tree huggers allowed. Amen. Thank God. We're not eating barley grass. We're eating barbecue. Amen. Thank God. Kill a hog. It was in the net that God dropped down to Peter. Amen. Hallelujah. Waving that banner. And the Lord let me see it. He's alive. He loves me. He did that for me. Whose transgression is forgiven. Now, I didn't have time to preach them other two. I won't... I won't one of you preachers to do some homework for me this afternoon. Whose transgression is forgiven? Whose sin is covered? 
I'm going to close now, but I, I want some of you preachers to do me some homework and bring it back to me. Finoglio, bring it back to me tonight. I studied last week, Brother Lawson, behind a preacher on the subject of grace. And he said the Chinese vocabulary, the Chinese character, you know, they got real weird way of writing stuff. Said there, when they write down the word covered in the Chinese vocabulary and their grammar, it's a lamb on, written on top of a person. Somebody find that for me this afternoon, print it off and bring it to me. Hallelujah. The Chinese use the word covered. They draw a person and then they draw a lamb on top of them. Hallelujah. That's what he done for me. I'm covered. When he sees me, he sees the lamb. And that spiritual imputation, that's mighty good stuff. That impute, you got to read Romans 4 to get all of it. That simply means that he took everything wrong with me, took it off of me, and put it on the account of the uh, on Jesus. And then he took everything right with Jesus. Everything righteous, true, and holy, and glorious. Everything that made Jesus wonderful to God. He took that off Christ and put it on me. And the reason there's such a change when you get saved is because there's such an exchange. You take your sins. You put them on the scapegoat and carry them. Hallelujah. He took His righteousness and put it on me. That's spiritual imputation. Hallelujah. I want you to bow your heads. I want our musicians to come. Blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth righteousness without works. Romans 4. I want everybody to stand. Our heads are bowed. Some of you ought to get down here and thank Him. It's been a while. Your old heart is so cold. You need to come thank Him. Some of you need to come and confess some of your sins. and Confess the guilt and shame and get it off of you. Confess it. Restore that fellowship. Somebody might need to run to Jesus and come. Be forgiven. Be covered. Be made righteous. Whatever you need, would you come? Help him sing now. 392. There is a fountain filled with blood from Emmanuel's name and sinners plunge that flood all their guilty stains Sing all the verses. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there there may I go by as he was. 
Power to say, say. 